The verse we're talking about tonight is 2 Corinthians 5.21. For those of you that did the verse of the week, you know this one well. It's, for he, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, when you first hear that, it's kind of like a tongue twister, uh, and maybe it doesn't make sense. I know it definitely did not make sense to me the first time I heard it, especially out of context. But I think when we truly understand what's being said here in this verse, it has the potential to change our lives. In order to to make it easier to understand, in order to demonstrate, uh, we're going to give a little bit of an illustration to help better understand what's being said here. So imagine with me for a second that you are in court, not only in a courtroom with a judge, jury, all that good stuff, but you are actually the one that is on trial. Now, I don't know what you did to be there. I don't know what your story is, but what I do know is that what's on the line is the death penalty. That's right. You did something so severe that if you're found guilty, you will be receiving the death penalty. And so you're standing there knowing this and probably scared and nervous. Uh, And like any trial, you've got two options standing up there. Option number one, plead guilty. If you plead guilty, you take your consequence, which in this case is death, and you head down death row. Option two is you plead innocent, say, I, I am not guilty, I'm not deserving of death, and then you have to present your case of why, of why you're innocent. Now let me tell you where we're going with this, right? The scene is supposed to illustrate us standing for God. God is the judge God uh, is the one who ultimately decides whether we're guilty or innocent. So he's the judge and the jury. And what we're on trial for is our sin. And God has decreed that the wages of sin is death. What that means is what we deserve for our sin, whether it's a little one or a big one, is death. It's all the same in the eyes of a holy and perfect God. And so trying to plead our case for for innocence doesn't get us very far. Maybe we'll try and say, well, I'm not as bad as those people. Well, I, you know, yeah, maybe I've lied to my parents, or maybe I have stolen something one time, or maybe I was angry at my brother or my sister, but I'm not as bad as these other people. And God would say, the penalty for even the smallest sin is death. Now let's stop for a second because for some of us, that might not seem fair. Why would I deserve death for lying to my parents? Why would I deserve death for being angry at my brother or my sister? And the answer to that is not 
the sin that we committed, but who we committed it against. For example, if you jump over the fence into your neighbor's yard to get a basketball, I do this all the time at the K-Life house, technically that's trespassing and breaking the law. But your neighbor's probably not even going to be mad. In fact, you probably won't even get in any trouble for it. But if you jump over the fence of the White House at the White House and trespass and break into to their house or onto their lawn, the consequences are going to be very severe. What's the difference? Who you are sinning against. So imagine, you know, your neighbor down here, the president is like, whoa, like that's a big deal. And then take that to infinity and that's God. And so it's not the sin, the severity of the sin that's the problem. It's who we are sinning against because we are sinning against a perfect and holy God who can't be in the presence of sin. One little sin in our life has made us guilty and deserving of death. Now that's heavy. That is really, really heavy and would be the worst news that I could ever give you if we were just to stop there. But let's jump back into the court scene. You have been convinced that you are actually guilty, that you had no defense, that you have sinned, and that you do deserve death. And you are standing there ready to take the punishment, the consequence. And yet, right then, boom, who comes bursting through the doors? Jesus. Jesus comes bursting through the doors and says to God, the judge and the jury, says, I will take their death, their punishment, their consequence that they deserve. I will take that and they could have the life that I have. I will take their punishment. And God hears this and he sees this and he accepts that as, as a way to satisfy uh, the wrath of God that was coming to you. So what happens is it's this trading places. It's this swapping. It's the great exchange, as people call it, that you deserve death and Jesus deserved eternal life but on the cross Jesus died the death that you deserved in order to give you the life eternally with God that he deserved and so when we come back to the to the passage that God made Jesus who knew no sin never sinned to be sin basically to take the punishment of sin in order that we might have his righteousness, the righteousness of God. And because of that, we can stand before a holy and perfect God and he looks at us and he no longer sees our sin. He no longer sees the death we deserve, but he sees Jesus's perfect and holy righteousness. 
And so if we accept that, if we believe that, and just have the faith to say, yes, I believe that Jesus, the Son of God, lived a sinless life and died on the cross in my place, the death I deserved so that I could have His eternal life with God forever. And if you confess that and you believe that, it's yours forever.